So I've heard many sermons uh, where pastors talk about money throughout my life, and I've got to be honest with you, most of them have been pretty uninspiring. One of the most memorable sermons I've heard was uh, a pastor who got up in front of uh, the congregation and said, look, we have a budget to meet and bills to pay and ministries to support and salaries to compensate. To, to compensate. And, and this pastor said, so uh, I need you to step up. I need you to give more money this year than ever before, and I promise you that we'll do more stuff with your money. There was also a pastor, one that I worked for, who in a staff meeting told us to come up with uh, some of the most uh, heart-wrenching, heart-tugging stories of ministry that we had accomplished in the last year. And, and his words were, hopefully we will inspire people to give more money this year if we can give some stories that really tug at their hearts. There, there was even a pastor who told uh, his congregation that if they didn't give this year and step up their giving, that they would probably see the doors of their building closed because uh, they don't have enough money to keep it open. I even saw a pastor uh, who asked how to convince his congregation uh, to give their stimulus checks uh, checks to the church. Uh, And he said, I I don't want to teach about giving. I don't want to talk about giving. I just want to convince them to give money, uh, the stimulus checks to the church. Look, I don't know about you, but none of those conversations really prompt me to give uh, or encourage me to give or even inspire me to give. You know, maybe if you uh, give me uh, some sob story about how my money makes a difference, maybe I will. But even then, I mean, you've seen those commercials on TV and you're quick to change the channel probably as fast as I do. In fact, probably all these examples of pastors talking about money it, what, it, what they really caused me to do is to hold on to my money tighter. I don't really want to give my money to that. You see, maybe, maybe we're called to give uh, for some bigger reason than that. Maybe we're called to be generous, to give uh, for more than just meeting budgets and keeping buildings open. Maybe giving is about something much deeper. For the next four weeks, We're going to talk about generosity and about giving and what happens when we give. And my hope is that at the end of this uh, series, you will be inspired to give not out of obligation, not out of a, a, a need to meet a budget, but out of a willingness to join God in ministry as we together help bring about the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to start off by asking this one very important question. Why are we supposed to be generous? Why are we supposed to be generous? I want you to listen to this text from Genesis chapter 1, and it says this, Then God said, Let us make humanity in our image to resemble us, so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and all the crawling things on earth. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. You see, no matter how you see yourself or what your past looks like or how much faith you think you have or don't have, I want you to hear me say this. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. And as a child of God, you have been created uh, to reflect uh, the characteristics of God. You, as a child of God, have been created to, to reflect the same characteristics that God has. I want, 
a couple years ago, uh, actually this would have been a long time ago, I was probably in high school, I remember my mom and I were arguing about something and my wife and my mom would tell you that I'm very stubborn and I don't end arguments very abruptly. And so we were just arguing, I don't even remember about what, but after uh, about, I don't know, 20 minutes of us arguing, my mom looked at me and said, you're just like your father, and she walked away. And I, that was the moment when I knew that conversation, that argument was over. But, but you know, I thought my, my mom brought up a, a good point. Like, in many ways, I'm like my dad, and in many ways, I'm like her. I, I resemble their characteristics because I am their children. The, the same is true of us with God. Because we are God's children, we too are called to reflect and, and uh, um, live out in our lives the characteristics of God. So, so what are those characteristics? What are the characteristics of God? Well, 1 John says that God is love. And if we, um, if we substitute uh, the word God for the word love in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we get God is patient. God is kind. God is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. You've probably heard that scripture at a wedding before. Deuteronomy chapter 7, it says that God is faithful. Psalm 24, God is strong and mighty. Psalm 103, God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Psalm 34 says that God is good. 1 John says that God forgives. Revelation says that God is holy. I can go on and on and on with biblical examples of the characteristics of God. What about you? Can you think of any other characteristics you have read that describe who God is? You see, as children of God... You and I are called to reflect, to, to, to display those same characteristics of God. We too are called to be faithful, to be loving, uh, to, to be good, to, to be forgiving, to be compassionate. Those characteristics that God has are characteristics that we too are called to display because we are children of God. So let me ask you this. Have you ever thought of God as generous? Have you ever described one of God's characteristics as generous? Philippians 4 says this, God will supply every need. 2 Corinthians says that God is able to make grace abound. James 1 says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. John 3.16 says that God even gave up his one and only son for us. God is generous. Over and over and over again, we get the sense throughout scripture that God is generous uh, towards us. That God goes above and beyond for us. That God provides more than just the simple basic things we need. Which means that if God is generous, then we too are called to be generous. If, if generosity is a characteristic of God, then generosity needs to be one of our characteristics as well. I want you to listen to this text from Malachi. It says, Will anybody rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and your offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. 
Bring the full tithe into the storehouses, so that there may be food in my house. Now, let me explain what's happening here. In, in Deuteronomy, in the book of Deuteronomy, this is early on in the Bible, uh, one of the first five books of the Bible, we're told that every third year, people are to bring the full tithe of their produce and store it within the church so that the Levites, the aliens, the orphans, the widows, they can all come and eat their fill or uh, get as much food as they need uh, uh, to meet their needs. See, right away, we get the sense that God is generous because he asks the Israelites a very important question. Why are you robbing me by not bringing the full tithe and offering? I mean, I want you to think about that question. Why are you robbing me by not bringing the full tithe and offering? You know, I want you to think about this. It's possible that the last time they brought their, their full offering, their full tithe and offering, that maybe there was still some, some left from last time. And, and in their minds, they're thinking, well, if there's still some left over, maybe we don't need to give this much, right? It, it's possible that as they gathered what they were going to give, their tithes and their offerings, that they thought, Man, this is a little too much. I might need some of this later. Right? It's even possible that, that as they're, they're, they're looking at how much they're about to give, they're thinking, well, maybe they don't need this much, right? Maybe it's just going to go to waste. I should just keep it for myself. But see, right here in this text, God says, don't do it. Don't hold back resources. Stop keeping stuff for yourself and instead bring the full gift, bring the full tithe, bring the full offering. So that those who need the food, those who need the resources, will actually have access to as much of it as they need. In other words, God says to them, stop giving less than you are able to. I want you to hear that again. God uh, challenges, the, challenges the Israelites. Stop giving less than you are able to. Because in holding back, less needs are being met. And here's the part that I love about this text in Malachi. Right after God says all this to them, he says, Put me to the test. Give your full tithe in your offering and see if I will not pour down blessings upon you. I just, I love this text. God says to them, right, stop robbing me. Stop robbing me and give your full tithe. Give your full offering. Give your full gift. Give all that you are able to. And he says, in that, you will receive a blessing. And if you don't believe me, put me to the test and I will prove to you that in giving your full gift and giving your full offering, giving your full tithe, you will receive a blessing. You see, in other words, when we are generous, when we are fully generous, we too experience blessings. Now, I want to share a story with you. I remember when I was a little kid, uh, my dad, um, one Christmas, collected a whole bunch of toys and we went over to Ciudad Juarez to an orphanage, uh, Ciudad Juarez in Mexico. And um, we visited this orphanage and I remember we took a whole bunch of food. We took a whole bunch of toys. We took uh, basketballs and soccer balls and a couple of students and we all got into a van and we went across the border and went to this orphanage. And, and I just remember it being such a really special day. I mean, the kids opened uh, Christmas gifts. Those, those were their Christmas gifts. We, we had this huge feast. Uh, many of the kids were my age, maybe a little bit older, and we played soccer and basketball, and we just hung out outside most of the day. And it was such a great time. But 
I remember as we were packing the van, every time I would look at the toys, I would see some that I liked. There were some really cool Power Ranger toys, action figures. There was a, a, a really cool soccer ball that I, I could have used because I could have used a new soccer ball. I mean, there was just so many cool toys that I kind of wanted to keep. And I remember going to my dad and saying, Dad, I mean, come on, we're giving away a hundred toys. Can I keep one, maybe two of them? Like, they're not going to miss these two toys, right, God, uh, right, Dad? And I remember my dad just looking at me and saying, Fernie, no. These are for the kids at the orphanage. Uh, they need them more than you do, and, 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 and just, just let that idea go. And I just remember being bummed out uh, that, that I, just, I couldn't get to keep some of these toys. Well, look, the toys we brought, they, they, uh, they did bring immediate happiness, happiness to the kids. But, but I'll be honest, they, they, it didn't fix all their problems. We, we showed up once with a whole bunch of toys and a whole bunch of food. But for the other 365 days, they didn't have that many visitors. I remember uh, having a great time with them and then uh, watching them as they started going to, to their like living quarters. As I drove home to a comfortable bed that was a bedroom all uh, to myself. Look, I know that sometimes we, uh, the work we do seems like it only makes a small and insignificant difference in the lives of others. But here's the reality. Those four hours that we spent at the orphanage that day uh, made a big difference in the lives of those kids, in the lives of every adult that was present, and even in my own life. See, it was through those four hours that some of the adults uh, were moved to help students at the orphanage get scholarships so they can go to high school and eventually go on to uh, United Methodist colleges and universities. It was through those four hours that friendships were built. It was through those four hours that the director of the orphanage found hope in the middle of hopelessness because she was about to close down and, and had no idea how to pay for uh, toys for the kids. It was through those four hours that we were there that I personally experienced joy in a way I have uh, had never experienced before. You see, after seeing some of these kids open up, um, open up their, their gifts for the first time and, and, and seeing the joy in this feast, I, there was just something special about seeing the joy in them. You see, in those four hours, God was actively moving in all of our lives, their lives, my lives, my life, all of our lives. And while good stuff would have still happened if I had uh, managed to convince my dad to let me keep some of those toys, letting go of all those gifts and seeing those gifts be a blessing into other people's lives, seeing those gifts be a, a, a joy in other people's lives, seeing those gifts give hope to kids that uh, had experienced hopelessness at times in their lives, seeing the joy that those, the, the release of those gifts uh, did in the lives of others helped me receive a blessing. I received the blessing of seeing what God can do when we release gifts for God to use. You see, when we practice generosity, we release gifts. We release financial gifts and, and we release them to the church. And, and more importantly, we release them uh, to the work that God is doing. When we release our gifts, when we release our tithes and our offerings, we say, here you go, God, do what you will with them. And while the work may seem small and insignificant, God does something big with them. You see, in that moment, 
the kids received their toys and received what they needed and wanted at the time. But I too received a blessing. The blessing of uh, seeing the joy in someone else's life. The, the, the blessing of seeing God at work. The blessing of knowing that when I release, God does something amazing with it. See, friends, when, when we give, when we give to the church, when we release our resources, what we're really doing is giving money to God's work, the work that is happening within the church. You see, through our generosity, yours and mine, we get to partner in ministry with God to help meet the needs of the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely. And it is through that same generosity, that same release, that we are blessed as we see God move. Friends, I pray you may practice generosity. I pray you may release your full gift into the world. And I pray that in doing so, you may be blessed with the gift of seeing God move. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, you are a generous God who goes above and beyond to meet our needs. And you experience such great joy in that. God, today as we begin our conversation on generosity, help us to experience the same joy that you experience as you are generous in our lives. God, help us relieve, uh, release our, our tithes and our gifts and our offerings. Help us release our gifts to you, our tithes to you, so that you can uh, make a difference in this world. God, today we choose to partner with you by releasing our gifts knowing and trusting that you will use them to be a blessing unto others and that even that blessing will be a blessing unto us. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love. God, we just give you thanks. And I pray this in your most precious and most glorious name. Amen.